Bonjour, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Over Easy, episode nine today. How are you all doing? Um, I decided not to get ready at all and just stay in my pajamas and not brush my hair because I feel like I feel like I wanted to be extra vulnerable today and it didn't feel authentic if I got ready and stuff like that because I don't know what has been up with me lately, but I've been very mm, reflective, just thinking about things, I guess. It's not that deep, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like getting ready today would have just destroyed the authenticity, which is totally not an excuse for me to not get ready for the podcast episode, but I hope you don't mind if I look terrible. You can listen to the Spotify one and not have to watch the video component. But uh, hi, how are you guys doing? I'm Manny, in case you are new here or welcome back. I feel like I'm getting out of the routine of knowing how to film the podcast by myself because I've been kind of flip-flopping and having episodes with guests. So we're back again without a guest. It's just me today. So hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Peter, one of my good friends. I really liked that episode and I thought it was very interesting what we talked about and you just get a sort of dynamic that you can't get when I'm here by myself, which seems obvious. And I've realized that I actually really do enjoy being a host on my podcast and also being by myself. I think it just offers two different dynamics and I do really like being both of them because on one hand I love listening and in most conversations with friends I'm mostly a listener you know I don't really talk that much but on the other hand I also do think a lot and with some people I can talk nonstop and never shut up particularly with my boyfriend so he always tells me to shut up and everything like that when I start talking too much about random stuff right but on a podcast it's like totally acceptable because you're supposed to be just talking 24 7. But anyways, um, let's get into a little check-in and see how I'm doing. Okay, my rose is, if you can't tell already, I bought this new water bottle from Costco over the weekend. And it's basically like a big hydro flask, but it's not hydro flask branded, which is totally fine because I don't really care. But I just love how big it is because I've always been a person for big water bottles up until I got the small hydro flask, flask, hydro flask, (laughs) the small hydro flask that Rebecca gave me for Christmas two years ago. Um, But I'm back to a big water bottle, which I really enjoy. And I've been drinking a lot of water, which is really good because you need to hydrate or dehydrate. So that's been a rose. I really, I just really like this water bottle for some reason. Um, My thorn is, this is kind of random, but I've been looking for a new backpack or I've been considering getting a new backpack for school this year. I was kind of on the fence because I was like, oh, this might be my last year of school. Don't know if I'm going to go to school afterwards, like post-grad and stuff like that, just because everything's still up in the air right now for me. And I was kind of like, is it even worth getting a backpack? But I thought ultimately, I think it is worth it because like I'm going to need a backpack in my life eventually um so I think it is fine if I get a backpack but it's just really hard to find one I don't know like I don't remember how I found my previous backpack and where to find them again I feel like I need to go in store because I've been looking just online right now and the online ones are a lot of them are out of stock which makes sense but they're also just 
not what I need. Like I think the backpack that I have right now is perfect. So I think the best outcome is if I buy another, the exact version of my current backpack, just because there's so many pockets. If you've watched my, what's in my backpack, I filmed it last year. You can go and look at that and see what my backpack looks like. It just has a lot of pockets and zippers and compartments. And I really like that because I like to bring a lot of random stuff to school and not keep it with all my regular stuff, if that makes sense. You know, there's a compartment for my keys. There's a compartment for my pads in case I get my period at school. And I don't like to put that stuff with my laptop and my iPad and stuff like that because it doesn't belong together. It's like different categories in my mind. So they have to be in different categories in my bag. So I genuinely think if possible, I want to get my same backpack, just like a new one, because the only thing that's bad about my backpack right now is, um, the straps, the little foamy parts of the straps are so worn in and they're unevenly worn in because I sometimes only put my backpack on my right shoulder, which is really bad for your posture and stuff like that. But yeah, so the foamy pads are unevenly worn in and that makes it really annoying to put on now because it, it just fe- like you can just feel how uneven it is and it is really bad for your posture and for just my back and my shoulders. I really don't want to get into like looking uneven. I really just spent like three minutes talking about my backpack, but yeah, I've been looking for one, but I've had no success and I I don't want basic backpack. I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I think the biggest criteria is that it needs to have a lot of pockets and zippers because I like to put a bunch of stuff in my backpack that I probably don't even need to bring to school, but I just need to have just in case for peace of mind, right? So yeah, that's been my dilemma. Haven't been able to find find one. And I guess if I can't find one in time, I'll just continue my current backpack, but I'll be on the lookout maybe in off season because I feel like right now it's kind of hard with everyone going back to school. But yeah, that's my thorn. And my bud for the week is I am really looking forward to going back to school. There is like two or three weeks left before. Oh, wait, today's Wednesday. I'm filming on a Wednesday. So literally school starts exactly in one, two, three weeks which is really exciting. I'm very excited to go back to school and just, I love learning. So that's what I'm really excited about. And also I kind of changed my schedule. So I know I did a whole episode about talking about my courses and stuff like that. So I ended up dropping family studies because it was, it got a little bit too late in the day and it would make me a little stressed out about going to work after stuff like that. And also I didn't really care if I took family studies or not. So I changed the course to a distance ed course, which is Phil 331, which is basically like philosophy in business business ethics and stuff like that, which I think will be very interesting and will complement the business aspects of my degree really well. And also I do kind of enjoy philosophy courses. I've taken one in my first year and that was pretty fun. So very excited for that. So today's topic for the pod is a little bit interesting. It's something that I came across recently and something that I've been thinking about for a while. I just didn't know how to word it until I saw some YouTube videos pop up. So I'm gonna talk about how I discovered this topic. And the topic is basically how messed up our metrics of success are 
nowadays and how it really just feeds into capitalism and the people at the top of the capitalist pyramid and really your goals and dreams are really just getting sold to you so that you'll continue to benefit the people that are at the top of the pyramid. It's a really heavy topic and honestly I'm probably not the best at talking about it because I'm not that eloquent but we'll see. But I want to talk about how I discovered this topic first because I thought it was kind of interesting. I've really enjoyed commentary videos on YouTube recently for the last, maybe since COVID started, so for the last year or so. I'm thinking like Smoky Glow is one of my favorites. She talks about people, um, rise and fall of celebrities online and just stuff like that. But I also really enjoy Tiffany Ferg. She talks more about topics and concepts, I guess. The most recent video that I watched of hers was about how dental care and teeth nowadays is such a strong symbol of class and privilege, which is very interesting. Go check them out if you want. They, I think they're like just super interesting videos and get you to think about online topics a different way because it's really important to critique people who make content online and have followings a lot of times when you watch content online I'm thinking like just influencers right I like to watch um Alicia Marie Remy Miss Remy Ashton Lord DIY those kinds of people they're uh, a lot of them are not problematic but their comment sections are filled with people who will endlessly support them but it's really important to have a contradicting opinion I guess to kind of learn the full story it's really important not to just be blindly following people no matter what they do because then that is how a lot of influencers get away with doing problematic things one notable example is I've been watching commentary videos about family channels and I used to be really really into family channels and watching them I would literally watch KK and Baby J and OK Baby every single day in high school in grade 11 and 12 and even in first year and second year I'd watch them literally every day that was like the highlight of my day but now that I've gotten into commentary videos I realize how um, bad family channels are and just problematic they can be sometimes so it's really important to have these differing opinions. I think it's also like a great way to learn in general. It's really important to value everyone's opinion and what everyone's going to say about it and not just take your own and run with it, I guess. That's just my opinion though. But anyways, getting off track a little bit, but I used to watch this YouTuber a lot in high school, early high school. Um, her name was Cather Out. That's her channel name. And she went to USC Marshall and she was just like the epitome of productivity and getting into a good university and stuff like that. And I really looked up to her when I was in early high school. I think I just stopped watching her because I just grew out of the content and I got more into the family vlogs. But yeah, recently she popped up on my recommended page again. And dude, the recommended page on YouTube is so magical because the algorithm just knows what you're looking for. But anyways, I, I saw a video of hers pop up on my recommended page and it was basically titled... I no longer have a dream career and it was basically her talking about how she's kind of flipped her mindset because she was such a business student and looking to go into the world of like entrepreneurship and business and just basically capitalism at its finest um she no longer had dreams like that and she had a, 
like an entire mindset change. And then another one that popped up in my recommended recently by her was, uh, what was it called? Oh, it was called like your ideals of success are being sold to you or something like that. And I thought it was so interesting. And that's kind of what got me to make a podcast about this topic because it's basically what I've been thinking all along ever since I got into university or maybe when I was in high school and I just didn't know how to word it. But now I kind of have a better idea of how I think about these kinds of topics. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting way to discover the topic and YouTube algorithm is just insane nowadays. So I guess we can first kind of talk about the modern metrics of success that I personally have dealt with in my life. Most notably, I'm going to start from like, I guess, early ages into getting into adulthood and what kind of metrics of success you use during those ages. The first one that I felt a lot of toxicity with was in grade 12 when people started applying to colleges, applying to universities and All that whole topic is just so annoying to me. It honestly just annoys me a lot because I think I've talked about this before, but I went to a private school and I guess getting into university was a really big deal after high school. So the places that you would go were very determined your personality and your worth. It felt like that at least to a lot of people. So Yeah, that was definitely one of the biggest metrics of success. I remember, this is kind of random, but it's really messed up. I remember basically for our high school, we get to have a graduation ceremony. This was pre-COVID, obviously. And everyone from the high school would have to go to the graduation ceremony for the grade 12s, along with grade 12s parents, special guests, and stuff like that. And I don't know if it's just my school, but Every girl, as they walk across the stage and get their diploma, their teacher talks, basically writes a little bio and reads it out loud to everyone. And it would basically be like, oh, what was she involved in in high school? And what does she do? Like, oh, she was on the track and field team and now she gets the honors award for calculus or whatever, those kinds of things. And then at the very end, for a lot of girls, it became the norm that in their graduation bio, they would put where they're going to for university after. And I always thought it was normal when I was in high school, but I didn't realize that it wasn't until I started going to other graduation ceremonies to other schools and no one else does it. So I think it was just my high school thing. Um, but it was really messed up because some girls obviously from my private school would go to Harvard, Ivy's, Stanford, all that kind of stuff. And the applause that people get when they hear that they're going to Harvard or an Ivy or a really good school, an American school or whatever is so loud. And so, so much applause is given to them and stuff like that. And then if the girl afterwards in her bio says she's not going to one of those schools and she's just staying in Vancouver, going to UBC or something like that, or going to U of T, these not as good schools, they get less applause, which is so messed up. Like how a lot of these people, we don't even know the grade 12s and we're basing their, our judgments of them on where they're going to school next year, where they're going to college, when there are so many factors that go into your college application that have no relation to your worth as a human and your value as a person or a friend or student like how can you do that 
I thought it was pretty messed up. And I remember it maybe it was just my grade or just the girls that I sat with at those graduation ceremonies. Like some girls would take pens and use a little graduation pamphlet and like write down where what schools they're going to and stuff like that. It was just like a big ordeal, at least in my high school. So when I got to grade 12, this whole university thing was just such a complicated topic and something that I I got sucked into because I was in that culture. Even for me, I think a big part of why I ended up applying to American schools, although I wanted to go to really good film schools, was also because I felt the pressure of my friends applying American too. And I was like, well, I should do it too, just to show that I'm going to be smart or good or go to a good college. It's so messed up. I think, I think a lot of the now that I'm in university, at least, like speaking retroactively, if I could tell my grade 12 self something is that you shouldn't take it so seriously because there's a saying people are like, oh, trust the process because you're going to end up where you end up. And I truly do believe it for a lot of things. And I think university is one of them. People can, at least admissions officers can tell if you're going to fit into a school or not. And if you will like it there and they will base your admission status on that not on if you have the highest GPA or like the highest SAT score and I think also a big part of university is not the prestige right like there's so many opportunities to get involved in your university life that don't have to do with the title at all I think And I also think a lot of people's experience is based on whether they get involved and whether they do a bunch of the activities that they're hoping to do in university and not just about the prestige of the university. Also, nowadays, because bachelor degrees are so common and everyone's going to university after high school, it's not like before where it was really rare to graduate high school and go to college. Your bachelor's degree, I don't think will matter that much. It's really just becoming the norm nowadays. Yeah, I personally don't really like how valued going to university or not how valued it. I think education is very important, but I don't like how prestigious it is to go to university and how a lot of people will determine someone's worth based on what university they go to and stuff like that. Also because, and this is a huge complex topic, because of how classist and privileged you have to be to be able to go to college or university. I know a lot of schools offer financial aid and stuff like that, but a big reason why people can't move out of province or out of state or to another country is because how freaking expensive it is to go to university. For international students, like from Canada to go to an American school, it's literally over a hundred grand per year to including like living costs and all that kind of random stuff and that is really expensive not a lot of people can afford that or are willing to afford that just for your ideal university experience it I guess it puts an unfair burden on parents and if you choose to take out student loans that's good on you for paying them all back eventually in your life hopefully but It is a really big ask for a lot of people to give up the money and stuff like that because that could be literally a savings. It could be the down payment for a house and it's just, it's very expensive. And even for the fees for applications as well, it's so expensive. It really adds up because I think every school, I don't even remember nowadays, it might've gone up too. It 
goes from like 50 to $100 to apply to a university. And that's just to hear back. Even if you get rejected, you still have to pay that fee. And then all of the things that go into college applications, like the SAT scores, being able to take AP classes, take AP exams, those cost money as well. I don't know, obviously, how COVID has dealt with all this because I graduated before then. But a lot of these things were they could be potential barriers to a lot of students being able to reach their full potential academically. Another big metric of success that I've always found is really dumb is grades. Obviously, it's very nice to get an A, A minus, stuff like that. And even now, I pride myself on getting good grades, even though it shouldn't really matter that much. It is something that I guess for me now, grades really represent how much passion and hard work I've put into the class more so than I don't know how smart I am or the value that I have just because I got a bad mark in my accounting class doesn't mean I can't continue learning about accounting it's just because I didn't understand the concepts near the end and I also didn't really put in my full effort in trying to understand as well I remember in accounting by the end of the the course I took there was like a bonds and stocks chapter at the end and I was so confused because I didn't really bother putting in the effort to try to understand and it was not good for me (laughs) but just because I got a bad grade in that class or maybe not as good as I liked doesn't mean I should alter my perception of who I am I mean I don't consider myself an accountant now but I'm still the same person also because in at least in high school maybe in university people still do this but a lot of people rely on tutors to get good grades i know i did math tutoring from grade 8 all the way till grade 12 when i did ap calculus just so i could get like i think i could have gotten an a without a tutor but i wouldn't have been able to get like the good like the higher grades that i did i think i got around between 93 to 95 for all my math courses which is not me trying to flex uh because (laughs) i literally got tutoring all throughout high school for my math classes so it's just really unfair i think it's really unfair for students who can't afford these things and although it was the norm in my school because everyone could afford a tutor and stuff like that it's not the norm for everyone else oh you know, I've been also extra sensey about these kinds of topics. Um, I've been reading a book called Evicted by Matthew Desmond. I actually got the recommendation off TikTok. I've been on Book Talk for a little while now, and this was one book that I thought would be really interesting, and a lot of people recommend it on TikTok. I've been really, really captivated by this book and also really sad. <laughs> Because I guess to me personally, this book feels like such a dream. I could never imagine living in such poor conditions and having to think about rent every month. But reading this book has really opened my eyes to a reality to a lot of people who are in the working class or lower class. Um, Although this book takes place in uh, Milwaukee in the United States, it's still a reality for a lot of people and like before you can even think about getting a good education you need to have a stable roof over your head being able to find food to eat for every meal and those kinds of needs for some people aren't even met yet and then there are students in 
the more privileged areas who are worrying about a 92 versus a 93. Like, obviously, I know that everyone's struggles are valid and you can be upset that you didn't get a higher grade in a class because maybe you thought you worked harder than you did and maybe you thought your efforts were worth a higher grade. But in my opinion, I think there are so many more issues that you need to just be aware of, I guess, before we can start complaining about these first world problems. Grades literally are like scaled depending on the school you go to and also like at UBC even, right? For a lot of the classes, if the class average is too high, they'll literally scale you down the entire class. And if the class average is too low, they'll scale everyone up. I think I've had instances where both have happened and it's hard to tell then like what does an 80 really mean because in this class where everyone got scaled up an 80 might not be the same as an 80 where the class got scaled down so grades are literally arbitrary and I can't say for first-hand experience but Peter has told me that you know not a lot of workplaces look for grades nowadays and really it's about the soft skills and who you are as a person do you have the characteristics that they're looking for and the cultural fit that will fit into their work environment I've always been a person like I think even since grade 10 grade 9 even if I got bad grades like I wouldn't really be sad and I'd just be like oh yes need to put in a little more effort into understanding the concepts I don't know. Maybe that's just me, though. I've always been very liberal about these topics, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. But one last modern metric modern metric of success that I've seen valued a lot is the job that you get, either post-graduation, whenever you... A lot of people really value, like, oh, I have a job ready for me right after I graduate university. And I also think nowadays a big thing is getting internship offers from big firms, big accounting firms, consulting firms, whatever, even up to high school now. I've seen a lot of TikToks where people talk about their extracurriculars that they did to get into college and a lot of high schoolers are getting into internships as well. And I'm just like, whoa, am I just too chill about this kind of stuff? Is that is that the moral of the story? Am I just not putting in enough effort? Because... I think, as I've discovered recently through lots of reflection, a job and what job you get after you graduate doesn't determine who you are as an individual. Like, yes, because I work as a math tutor, I do enjoy math and I do enjoy working with kids. I do enjoy my job a lot, but that doesn't mean that's who I am completely, right? I'm not just a person who likes math and just a person who works with kids. There's a lot of aspects to me that I think are much more than that. This whole episode is just getting me to contemplate about myself. I'm, I'm kind of like, am I not being hard enough on myself about going to grad school, about getting a good job after I graduate, about getting better grades? And I'm confused now. <laughs> The reason that I bring up a job as a modern metric of success is because of, I guess, how messed up our job market is nowadays. It literally just feeds into capitalism. 
right? <laughs> Getting a job. The video that I watched from Catherine Rout was talking about how before she had dreams of being an entrepreneur, being a business person in LA after she graduated from USC Marshall, but she didn't want to contribute to the long nine to five hours. And then basically she gets no hours to do what she wants and feels like her only use of time is working. And I think that has been really glorified in our society nowadays. Obviously in my uh, hustle culture video, I talked a lot about how people are increasing their amount of work and increasing just the the amount of productivity that they have to do every single day. I also kind of believe that as well. I think there are a lot of factors to jobs that you have to consider other than the pay or the prestige of the title because in another episode, like I said, that's what turned me away from being a teacher. I didn't want that lifestyle. I didn't want to have to do the same thing year after year and work these long hours at a school. There's a lot of different aspects of a job that don't get considered or are not part of the prestigious aspect of it that kind of get looked down upon and looked or I guess looked over when people are talking about the jobs that they get. And I think it's fine if your job isn't prestigious in social ways, in in social norms. Your job can just be what pays the bills and then you can engage in your own hobbies and whatever you like to do in your free time. You don't have to have a job that you love because making money off of something that you love and something that you enjoy can put a lot of pressure on it. Maybe you just really enjoy painting, but you don't want to be an artist because putting a monetary value on your art just takes away the whole purpose of painting for you. That's totally fine. In the day, you can be a barista and just work at Starbucks. And then in the afternoon, maybe you take the extremely early morning shift at Starbucks at like, what, 5 a.m.? They open really early. Get off at 12 and then you can spend the rest of your day painting what you really love. I don't think that's a bad thing. There's All these jobs are necessary for our society to function and we still need them. doesn't mean you can't do it. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what I'm trying to say in this episode, but I guess it's just kind of thinking about in university, at least, the culture is that people try to get really good jobs and stuff like that, obviously, because that's what a lot of people go to university for. It's kind of their launching point to get a job. But if that's not what you want, maybe you're just a really family-oriented person. You really want to stay at home and be a full-time parent, a full-time caretaker. That also shouldn't be looked down upon. I don't know. I think it's fine. If you, if that's what you value, I personally wouldn't do it because, okay, this is a whole nother topic, but I don't even know if I want kids right now. So (laughs) I I don't even know if I can be a full-time caretaker, but I would do that for other people if I got paid and if it worked out to be a full-time job and I could, I could sustain myself through a job like that. Why not? So I don't know. I think these topics are really convoluted and obviously a lot of factors, including the amount of money it costs to live, to stay afloat is really important. So it's hard to make a definitive answer about these kinds of things, but 
I guess it's something to take into consideration if, because I think when I started thinking about these topics, I really got into, am I just working towards my goals because I truly want them? Or is it just because everyone else is doing something similar and I feel like I have to be on par with everyone else? Because it is a lot of pressure. I will say that for sure. If all your peers are going to university, for example, and you're the odd one out, it makes you feel really isolated. And us as humans, we don't want to be isolated from the group that we know. We want to fit in. We want to continue with that group because they offer us protection and love and food in some cases but it is ultimately your life so it's really important to keep those in mind because I think a lot of people's goals nowadays are not truly their own they're just what they see around them and kind of emulate so if you have the time and you have the ability I always recommend doing a little bit of self-reflection and thinking about these kinds of things because it's really important not to just let life coast by. That's what I think at least. Life is so short. Make the most of it. The next part of this episode is kind of just based on if you make content and I personally obviously make content, but it's basically now how we measure social media success and how success is quantified like that because for a lot of full-time content creators I've been watching a lot of videos of content creators saying that they don't enjoy content creation (laughs) because of reasons they talk about how like views are getting low and stuff like that the Gabby Hanna scandal a big part of why she got insane in my opinion is because the views were low and she couldn't sustain her lifestyle anymore she wasn't making the same amount of money so monetizing your content and having these quantifiable factors in your daily job is so prevalent now and and it's so easy to compare people's success these kinds of things like views and likes and subscribers on whatever social media platform you have it obviously plays a big role into how much money you can make from your platform and also just how successful people deem you are i guess And I've fallen into this, of course, because I love looking at the analytics of videos and my YouTube creator studio, but I've tried to get away from telling myself that my content is not value just because it doesn't have as many views or whatever, because I think a lot of social media success can be very arbitrary. Like on TikTok, for example, a lot of videos can blow up without the creator even knowing or the creator even knowing why and audiences wants and perceptions of content also changes all the time like for me even I used to be really into watching talking videos and then I got into watching vlogs and then I got into listening to podcasts like all of the desires that people want from their content change as they grow older and stuff like that so that really affects the views and the success that you have online one really unhealthy thing is people's obsession with views creators obsessions with views because of how unhealthy you can get you can start doing a lot of crazy things just because you want people to click on your video um i don't know a ton of things off the top of my head of specific examples of creators doing that but I'm sure if you look at a commentary video about these kinds of things a lot of creators have 
gone extreme lengths to get views and click-through rates and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of messed up. Social media for a lot of people was started as a hobby. For me too, making a video was really fun and it was just about the editing and the filming and stuff like that. But now there's so much pressure because it's being monetized. Literally, I think that's just the cause of all evil is making money. So if we lived in a society where you know, everyone's basic needs were taken care of, we would be so much better. But now people have to struggle to pay groceries, rent, all this kind of stuff. Capitalism, basically, is what I'm saying. Sucks. And this is one part of the video that I wanted to hop in and say really quickly is my relationship with views and these quantifiable things got really bad when I was making vlogs last year before COVID hit and I was making weekly vlogs about my university life and stuff like that. I would always compare myself to creators who were growing faster than me or got more views than me. Like why wasn't my UBC vlog doing as good as other people's UBC vlogs, which just made it so much not fun, right? Like I literally started my YouTube channel because I wanted to document the memories that I made in my life because I have a terrible memory. I don't remember things at all. And genuinely, these vlogs were just ways that I can remember what I did and how my experience was in school or at college or whatever. And then as I started making money and I noticed these like numbers a little more, it just got a little less fun and decided to start making a podcast, obviously. But I think I think I'm going to start vlogging again. I've been watching a lot of vlogs recently and I really like them and I just have to promise to myself that I won't get obsessed with views and obsessed with the analytics and stuff like that because I think this is my plan for the school year. I actually genuinely want to make one podcast episode a week and also one vlog but I'm not going to overcomplicate it for the sake of views and clicks and all that kind of stuff basically not for myself. I'm going to make the vlog the way I want, film it the way I want, do whatever I want with it just for my own memory's sake. And if other people want to watch, that's amazing. But I I want to make it for myself. And that's been something that I've really been trying to do this year is really start hobbies, start projects because of myself and not because of anyone else or the pressure that I feel from society and my peers. So I guess that's my little announcement and as I think in September I'm going to be posting twice a week and vlog once a week and post that and then also a podcast episode a week because I think I really did enjoy vlogging in the past and it was when I watch them back now I really enjoy looking back at how my life was and what I did on particular days and how my routines were and stuff like that so yeah. That's kind of a conclusion that I came about the last few days because I've been really enjoying watching vlogs and I think the passion is coming back, especially because I'm going to start doing more stuff and going to campus, so I'm not going to be stuck at home all the time, you know? But anyways, the biggest problem I think nowadays is that we quantify the success and for practical reasons and reasons that I understand because numbers are easy to calculate numbers are easy to work with and numbers are easy to interpret over qualitative measurements and that makes sense right like speed performance all these kinds of things are really easy to measure with numbers but I also think that's the problem right now is that we do quantify our success and numbers leave out a lot of the rest of the story 
maybe you're not as fast of a worker, but you really pull in the culture and the work atmosphere and you really make it a safe space for all your coworkers. Why should that get left out just because it's not part of a three on your performance review? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I think it's what I've been trying to do recently that's really important to me is really understand all the people that I try to work with. So that that goes for my coworkers and the kids that I work with or the students, my friends, all that kind of stuff. You really have to try and empathize with them and understand their situation because there's a lot of things that I don't understand why other people do it, but that's just a part of them. That's their normal. But obviously I wouldn't understand because I'm not them. So I think that part of people that can't be quantified, that can't be put into a numerical value is really important because that's what really tells the whole story. And honestly, like my words cannot also tell the whole story. You really just have to be with someone and understand them to be able to fully know who they are and what they do as a person. For a lot of people, the way that they were brought up tells you a lot about what kind of metrics of success that they have. This also ties into, I was listening to the recent Pretty Basic episode, the one where Remy and Alicia talk about views on their YouTube channel and why Alicia prioritizes views a lot more than Remy does. And I think it just tells you a lot about what does a person value in this world and what does a person think they can bring to this world. Obviously, some people who are more work-driven are more concerned about those kinds of things, like the efficiency that they have at work or how many people they can help stuff like that work is a lot more important to them because they think that work is a big factor in their life but other people work is just the side component right the main component of their life is the hobbies they enjoy the people that they have in their life the family relationships and all that kind of stuff and I don't think it should be punished just because you don't value work as much as the next person doesn't mean you're less than them just means that you have different priorities which makes sense if you're brought up in a way where family is really important and valued and it's prioritized then makes sense why you would value it so much more in your adult life personally for me i think some i I, let me let me get into what i think i value because that's pretty interesting i didn't really think about this beforehand this is kind of a last minute topic I think for me, a big part of my definition of success is my personal enjoyment from the topic. So I'm not really concerned with getting good grades or uh, in social situations, like if I have the most Instagram followers or if I can make the most friends or if I have the biggest friend circle. But it's more just about if I truly enjoy if I can find myself there and not feel like oh I want to go home or oh this is so boring I've always been really I've always valued making sure that I enjoy something before before anything else because why would I do something that I don't enjoy like obviously I wouldn't continue this podcast if I didn't enjoy it and I wouldn't do a lot of things if I didn't enjoy it. I think for school in particular, one big 
aspect is I take a lot of courses because I think I will enjoy them and I think they will be interesting. That usually pays off in the quantifiable ways because, oh, in courses I enjoy, I'm going to study more and I'm going to get a better grade. And in the work that I enjoy, I'm going to work a little bit harder and maybe make my students a little happier, maybe work with more students and be able to help more. So it is all kind of a domino effect or maybe all interconnected in that if you enjoy something or if your values are met, then you're going to be more successful in the modern way. But I think it's really important to consider your metrics of success and your values. One activity that I did in therapy about values, this was more about values that I prioritize within people, but I want you to think about your pet peeves in day-to-day life about other people, not about like, oh, when the Tim Hortons line is really long, but more about like what people do that kind of make you mad or piss you off. For example, one of mine would be one of my pet peeves is when people show up to meetings or show up to group projects or whatever, show up to something team related and they're not caught up on the latest updates. So for example, when I was in grade 12 and I was part of the student executive team, student leadership team, there was always a girl that would show up to our meetings and she would not be up to date with the latest meeting, if that makes sense, right? Because we had weekly meetings and if someone missed one, there would always be meeting minutes that you could read on and stuff like that. But she never did. So she never understood what was fully going on and maybe the developments that occurred last meeting that we're going to continue to work on this meeting. And it was just so frustrating because you have to spend so much time going over what you did last meeting and that cuts into your time of this meeting, right? Like you can't work on your projects a little bit more. That always pissed me off and that was like, this is one of my biggest pet peeves to be honest actually if someone is not prepared for something that relies on other people. Like I don't mind if I'm not prepared for what studying for a midterm or something like that. I don't have to be perfect with that because that's just me, right? Like the only person that's getting losses I guess you could say is me. But if you're going into a group scenario and you're not prepared and that cuts into everyone else's time, and efforts, like that's when I have a problem with it. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves. And if you flip it, you make it the opposite. You would say that I value, personally, I value when people are prepared. And I value when people show that they put effort into getting ready for a meeting because I think it's really important. So that's a values exercise that you can try. I think that's really important in uh determining what kind of friends you want to make and all that kind of stuff because obviously I'm not going to try and make friends with people who don't prepare for their meetings or never show up ready to go and stuff like that like I just think it's really important another one that I will share that goes on with this exercise another pet peeve that I have is when people show up late to things and I'm not perfect with this by any means so I can't really say that I'm super pissed off about this because sometimes I will show up late to things but I think I guess it's when you're consistently late because for me personally that just shows you don't care enough to get ready in time you don't care enough to just be ready and like put in the effort to get ready like five minutes earlier if you're spending that time just like going on tiktok instead of getting ready or starting to drive to wherever you need to go then that i guess just really shows what you value and i personally don't like that 
that was something I had to bring up to my boyfriend in our relationship. I was like, oh, like, you know, when we set a time to meet up, like that's when I expect that we will be ready to meet up and we're ready to go, right? Like it's not like, oh, two o'clock is when I'm going to start getting ready for the event if two o'clock is when we said we were going to be there and be ready. You know, if that makes sense? That's just something I really, really value. And I think if I flip it, so I would say I value then people who are prepared, ready to go, punctual, those kinds of things. Those are the things that I value. I think it's really important to consider what you value in this world because obviously that tells you a lot about who you're going to be and what kind of life or path you're going to live, who you're going to meet, people that you're going to be close with and stuff like that. So it's always good to have people that have the same values as you because then at the core, you can support them and be friends with them. But you don't have to, I guess, like perfectly align values in order to be friends with someone. Like just because someone values punctuality but doesn't value being prepared, that doesn't mean I can't be friends with them. It's just... I guess easier because you're more similar and psychologically people who are more similar are friends. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Got a little bit longer than I thought it would be, but we touched on a bunch of topics today. I think most notably it's really important to consider how you define success and whether that is something that you truly came up with on your own and also determine what values you have. Left you with a good exercise for you to think about and try. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below if you want and tell me what you thought. Subscribe on Spotify, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I will see you next week. Bye.